Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. Three biblical keys to accessing God's miracle working power for your life. I know that a lot of people think that miracles passed away with the apostles, you know, or, uh, and, and, uh, and yet they didn't. Miracles began uh, with the apostles through the ministry of Jesus. Can I have an amen? I mean, he began it, but he showed them what to do. He, he sent them out by twos, and he commanded them to go out and lay hands on the sick, to cast out demons, and they did all those things. So we want to, um, today, you know, just a couple weeks ago, we, we prayed for people, and um, uh, as we were praying for people, both Pastor Vicky and I just um, really uh, recognized that there was a wall, just like there was a wall between us and the people, like they, they, they didn't, they, they weren't receiving the healing uh, anointing of God. And that's not your fault. It's actually mine because unless we are prepared spiritually, unless we understand what the Word of God says about healing, then, then we come up with, with measures of uncertainty. You know, well, I sure hope this works. But you, if you're just a hope and an intuition, you're not going to be able to tap into the anointing of God that, that, that straightens your life out. Can I have an Amen. And there's many people here today that have been healed in their bodies. We're going to have a testimony at the end of the service that have been just God intervening supernaturally and, uh, um, uh, for them. Uh, and uh, there are people here that have been set free from all sorts of things, uh, addictions, uh, 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 spirit of suicide, oppression, whatever it may be. Jesus come to set you free. If you believe it, say amen to that. Amen. Last Sunday, Pastor Vicki shared some personal testimonies of our family uh, you know, throughout the years, and it's a blessing because she remembers so many things, uh, uh, detailed things uh, about life in general, and so it just really stirs us up when we think about how good God has been to us in our family, kept keeping our family safe, keeping our family whole and well. It's a great, great blessing to have that promise, and just as much as it belongs to us, it belongs to you. Again, say amen. Hallelujah. You got, you got to take a hold of what God has promised you. And um, when she was sharing this, you might have been sitting there thinking, well, what does that have to do with me? It really, everything it has to do with you because of the fact that uh, the Holy Spirit felt compelled to write something in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, verse 8, that says this, Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you was a healer in the first century church, you'll be the healer in the 21st century church. Can I have an amen? And it's something, again, that we listen to, something we have to reach out by faith and take. Um, you don't, you, 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 uh, we, we don't get anything from God because we're, we're worthy or because we work for it or we qualify in the sense of natural things. We, we, we are promised something from God because of the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Jesus became a curse for us. Would you all agree with me? Uplift the hand that sickness and disease and oppression and fear are curses. Where'd you have to believe that? They're curses. Addictions are a curse. And God wants you to be free from those curses. We had curses, generational curses in our family. Well, generational curse of alcoholism. Generational curse of sexual perversion. And somebody had to break that curse. And I thank God Almighty, hallelujah, that that curse is not going from me to my kids or my grandkids. Hallelujah. They, they're going to conquer these things as God has promised in his word. So Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now listen. 
Secondly, faith, the spiritual force necessary for accessing your miracle, must be present within you. Faith has to be in you if the manifestation is going to come into your life. Let me give you a, a definition of faith. I did this before, but I want to put it up there again. Faith is a spiritual force inherent in God's word. It comes right from the word of God. Uh, given to whosoever believes, say, I'm a whosoever. Amen. Why? For the purpose of taking you from the realm of limitations to the spirit realm of no limitations, to the realm where all things are possible, the realm where nothing is, or all things are possible. Amen. That's where God wants to take you. He, he Jesus, through his whole earthly ministry, listen, Jesus, through his whole earthly ministry, he, he was simply God incarnate in flesh. He was the image of his father. He was the expression of his father. He fulfilled the purpose of his father. So Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. That's why you study the gospels. You study the gospels to find out who your father is. Amen. If some of you didn't grow up with a father figure, get over it. You got a great heavenly father, hallelujah, who will never fail you, never disappoint you. Can I have an amen? You get to know him, you'll be satisfied. I said, you get to know him, you'll be satisfied. He is a good God. Hallelujah. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe he is. And that he's a rewarder of them that dil diligently seek him. Listen. Faith unites us to the one who created us, the one who saved us, and the one who knows us better than we know ourselves. Faith connects us to the unlimited resources God designed us to have both in this life and the life to come. And finally, the force of faith causes the natural around you to conform to the supernatural will of God within you. Amen. Remember, always remember that faith isn't out here. Faith is in here. Faith isn't out there somewhere. Faith is here. It's on the inside of you. In fact, Romans 12, 3 says, God has given to every man the measure of faith. And the same measure of faith that got you saved is the same measure that will get you healed and delivered in Jesus' name. Amen. You don't have to have any addictions in your life. If you let Jesus set you free, hallelujah. Romans 10, 17 tells us how faith is accessed. It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, Mark the 10th chapter. If you'll turn there, Mark the 10th chapter, we're going to read a story about a man by the name of Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus had a physical infirmity. He was blind. Uh, physical blindness isn't near as serious as spiritual blindness. And, and, and God wants you to see the things See the things he did for you on Calvary. We're going to be celebrating uh, Easter. We do it every day, of course, but traditionally we're going to be celebrating it soon. Thank God there was a death, but thank God there was a resurrection. Amen. Thank God Jesus paid the price for our sins. Amen. So blind Bartimaeus, the word Bartimaeus in the Greek is uh, quite interesting. It means defiled, polluted, and unclean. So don't name your child Bartimaeus. No. So even his name, listen, gave credence to the curse in his life. And at least until he met the name which is above every name. Hallelujah. And the Bible says in Mark 10th chapter verse 46. And I want you to notice the first five words of that verse. It says, and they came to Jericho. They meaning Jesus and the disciples. Now it doesn't say what they did in Jericho, but we can assume very strongly that Jesus was doing what he was commissioned to do, and that was to teach, to preach, and to heal. In fact, Matthew, the fourth chapter, says that. Jesus went about all of Galilee. Um, the Bible says, uh, and this was at the very beginning of his ministry, 
teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Amen. So we can pretty much believe that's what he was doing there in Jericho. Now, watch this. And, and, and again, this is what Jesus did, and this is what Jesus does. In Mark 10, verse 46, they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people. Now just stop for a moment. It says a great number of people. So not, what does that mean? There were eight or nine? No, there were thousands. In fact, anytime it talked about a great number, it usually said the word multitude. And that multitude could be, could be 4,000, could be 10,000, could be 15,000. I believe it was in the thousands. All right, a mass of people were surrounding Jesus and following him as he, was, as he was leaving the city of Jericho. And blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, and I'm telling you, listen to me, uh, he had to have known something. He had to have known something about Jesus or he wouldn't have perked up like he did. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, obviously he had heard that this man does miracles. And if he did miracles for one, hallelujah, I believe he'll do a miracle for me. Amen. Say, I believe he'll do a miracle for me. Amen. And the Bible says, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Amen. Uh, to Bartimaeus. So first key to Bartimaeus' miracle and yours is that he cried out. He cried out. Now listen, this was not a cry of desperation and hopelessness. That was not the cry that he cried out. It was a vocal outburst of hope and expectation, which we will see from the word of God in just, in just a moment. Jesus had a reputation, which was anywhere that Jesus went to, lives were changed for the better. Hallelujah. I said anywhere Jesus went, lives were changed for the better. How many here, your life was changed for the better when you met Jesus? Amen. Of course, it's not perfect. It never will be until you get, you're clothed with your total redemption, which is your glorified body. But until then, God will take care of you and bless your life if you will trust in him. Amen. So... The first key is that he cried out. And out of all the thousands of voices that were there that day, Jesus heard the voice of one. One voice of faith stood out among the rest of them. It was so impacting. Can you imagine that? Everybody's talking. Everybody's probably talking about the miracles and stuff. And, but when, when he cried out, Jesus' ears perked up to the point where it stopped him in his tracks. Hallelujah. Stopped him in his tracks. He had the cry of faith that brought Jesus to a standstill. Romans 10, 13 says, Whosoever shall call. That word call means make an appeal. Whosoever shall uh, make an appeal upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word saved is the word sozo. And it, it, mean, it means this, to deliver, to rescue, to heal, and to make whole. Amen. I said amen. amen. I'm only saying that, listen, if you're sitting here today and you're dealing with an infirmity, I just want to encourage you. Jesus is your healer. I mean, he really is. And you cannot bend his arm to, get, uh, to heal you. You just have to receive it in childlike faith. Amen. I said amen. I love the story in the Bible where there were 10 lepers that came to Jesus. And... Um, and, uh, and uh, they were lepers. And of course, he was a priest, so they wouldn't get close to him because that was not lawful to get close to a priest and make the priest unclean by being a leper. So they stood for, at a distance, and they cried out to him, and Jesus says, go your way. 
and show yourself to the priest. Well, that is stupid to say that because they were lepers. They couldn't go their way and show show themselves to the priest unless they believed that a change had happened before it happened. And as they went, hallelujah, they were healed. Amen. Amen. As they went, they were healed. I mean, they didn't stay home to heal. They they just thought, okay, we're going to obey. And bam, their faith gave substance. Praise God. So many glorious stories in the Bible about the miracle-working power of God. Hallelujah. Whosoever shall make an appeal upon the name of the Lord shall be rescued, delivered, and made whole, which is exactly what Bartimaeus was doing. Again, Hebrews eleven six. he that comes to God must believe that he is. That is what? That he's greater than the crisis that you're facing in your life or the crisis that you will face in the future. We're always going to be dealing with something. In Matthew, the ninth chapter, there's a story very familiar that Matthew shares about two blind men who followed Jesus. And what were they doing? The Bible says they were crying and saying, they were crying and saying, thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind man came. Now, I thought this is interesting. You're going to see that the first story uh, is different in that blind Bartimaeus, he's, he's standing there crying out to God, and, and you're going to see that Jesus sends for him. But in this situation, it almost seems like Jesus ignored them. Look at it. The Bible says, have mercy on us, they cried out. When he was coming to the house, the blind man came, the blind man came to him. He, Jesus just walks into the house. Now, at that very point, these guys could have gotten offended. They could have said, first of all, could have thought, well, we're not worthy to be healed. Obviously, God heals some, but not others. And obviously, he don't care about us. And they could have left offended and not, and not, and not received what rightfully belonged to them. But the Bible says, they came to him, and Jesus said unto them, believe ye that I'm able to do this. And they said, well, we sure hope so. No, no, they didn't say that. They said, yes, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, according to my faith. No, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. So obviously their cry was a cry of faith. It was a cry of faith. Amen. Not a cry of despair, but a cry of expectation. Lord, I need your help. Amen. Uh, years ago, and again, you know, maybe Vicki shared this, but years ago, um, uh, we had Jerry Seville in here. It was in 1997. And um, uh, um, Angie was heading into practice, uh, band practice, and um, uh, she uh, got distracted somehow and got to the edge of the uh, road, and she rolled her um, vehicle. And uh, she, she not only rolled it this way, but it also end over end. And so that she flew out through the windshield and landed in a slough. And by the grace of God, all she had was a bump on her hip. And God just protected her, but she said the one thing she did when she was, when she was rolling, she cried out, Jesus, Amen. the name which is above every name. Amen. Yeah, give God praise. Hallelujah. We could have been burying a daughter that day. We could have had a daughter paralyzed from the neck on down but she knew the name i mean she really did she didn't cry out jesus in fear she cried out jesus in faith and god came to her rescue and delivered her amen now that is salvation and manifestation can i have an amen god is faithful hallelujah i said hallelujah one other time she also uh, hit ice and went in the ditch and she didn't yeah she did tip that vehicle over i told her i'm never gonna ride with her no i'm only kidding i'm kidding <laughs> 
No, I'm telling you, God has just been so, so protective uh, of our children. Andy was on a dirt bike one day, and him messing around with a friend of his, and uh, went over the handlebars and, and landed on his head and broke his leg. Didn't you break your leg? Or, oh, broke your uh, this. But you, how'd you break your knee? Oh, both. Yeah. I mean, God, jeepers. So, I mean, he could have broke his neck. But again, God watched over our children, and we're very, very, he yeah, broke his collarbone and his legs. So we're very grateful for God's divine protection. Can I have an amen? amen. So the first key to your miracles to cry, is the cry of faith. The second uh, key to your miracle is persistent faith. Mark 10, verse 47. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, oh, very innocent, the same, same response as those other two. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Very interesting. You're always going to have those who come around you and say, well, you know, I wouldn't just get so, you know, hepped up about this faith stuff. In fact, you know, it's, something, it's got this little dangerous when you start believing God like that. These people are just, they'll never see the manifestation of God in their lives because they won't trust him. I'd rather, I'd rather reach for the full blessing and get halfway than to reach for no blessing and get nothing. Can I have an amen? Believe God. God is your, God is your provider. Uh, when, when I read that, it reminded me again of this story. Turn to Mark 5. We'll come right back here. Uh, Mark 5, just a few pages back. In Mark, the fifth chapter, there's a story about um, a man by the name of Jairus. Jairus was, a, Jairus was a Jew, and the Bible says he was the ruler of the synagogue. And it says that, um, uh, uh, verse 22, Behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. And, and I'm telling you, for a Jew to do that, that, I mean, that was a risk for a Jew to do that because they're, they're at this very moment, he's, he's, uh, he's taking his focus off Judaism onto Jesus. And so the Bible says, he said, he besought Jesus greatly and said, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee come lay her hands on her, watch this, that she may he be healed and she shall live. That was his confession. He really believed that. This man had the power to heal his daughter. But in the meantime, uh, the moment he said that, he gets disrupted by a woman, uh, we know her as the woman of the issue of blood, who had been sick, the Bible says, for 12 years, spent all the money she had with, uh, with physicians, but didn't get any better, but rather grew worse. Can anybody relate to that? Didn't get better, it got worse. But the Bible says when she heard about Jesus, she came in the crowd, pushing through the crowd. Remember, she had a blood issue. Uh, uh, she had a female issue, and blood was coming out of her. In, in Judaism, that was called unclean, and if you were caught out in public, they would stone you to death. But she took that risk. because She said, she said if I may just get close enough to, she said within herself, if I can just get close enough to touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And hallelujah, the power of God flew out of Jesus into her body and set her free. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus said, daughter, thy faith has made you whole. Thy faith, not my faith. Your faith. God has given you the faith to believe for the impossible things in your life. Amen. And so, after, after this great miracle, listen to this. His friends come to him. This, these are the friends now that will talk you out of the supernatural. Their friends came with bad news. Your, da your daughter has died don't, why bother the master any longer? Amen. And his, this is Jesus' response out of the Amplified. Overhearing but ignoring them. 
overhearing but ignoring them. What they said, Jesus sat to the ruler, said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, only keep believing. I said, only keep believing. That's, the, that's for us, only keep believing. We've been believing for things for years. We've been believing things for years and they haven't come to pass. Only keep believing. That's what Jesus said, because you will get what you've been believing for if you lay hold of your faith in God. Only keep believing. The dream you've had for so long is dead, so why bother the master any longer? That promotion you were believing for died, so why bother the master? You tried the love walk, it didn't work out, so why bother the master? You believed your financial situation would turn around, and it hasn't, so why bother you the master? That's what the devil tells you. Or people will tell you. And while the doubters may never see the hand of God move, God will honor your persistent faith. Persistent faith. He'll honor your faith that trusts in him, no matter how it looks like in the natural. Mark 10, and many charged him, that's Barnabas, that he should be quiet, but he cried out the more. He cried out the more. You can't shut me up. I declare by the stripes of Jesus I am healed, and you can't shut me up. Hallelujah. He was determined to believe God for his breakthrough. Again, that reminded me of a persistent faith of a story in Luke 18, the 18th chapter of Luke. I love this story, and um, let me read it to you. Out of the Amplified, Jesus told his disciples a parable to the, or he told them a story to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, to faint, to lose heart, and to give up. And then he tells us a story of one who did just that and got the breakthrough that she was believing for. Here's the story. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither reverenced and feared God nor respected or considered man. But there was a widow in that city who kept coming. Say, she kept coming. It reminds me of that's what Jesus promised you in Luke, the 11th chapter. He said this, ask, this is the Amplified, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking, and it shall be opened unto you. That's persistent faith. You stay with it. You keep believing God. You keep trusting God that what you're dealing with in the natural it will ha have to submit to your faith. Hallelujah. Has to submit to the will of God. Can I have an amen? Keep believing. The Bible says, who kept coming to him saying, protect and defend and give me justice against my adversary. And for a time he would not, but later he said to himself, though I have neither reverence or fear for God, nor respect or consideration for man, yet because this widow continues to bother me, I, this is an unjust judge. You don't bother God, by the way. Though I have neither reverence, oh, I, because she continues to bother me, I will defend and protect and avenge her, I will, meaning I'll give her everything she's asking for, lest she give me intolerable annoyance and wear me out by her continual coming, or at the last she come and rail on me or assault me or strangle me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Watch out for the ladies. <laughs> the Message Bible says it this way. I'd better do something and see that she gets justice, otherwise I'm going to end up beaten black and blue by her pounding. Whoa, that's good. <laughs> Amen. Whew. So persistence was the key to her breakthrough, and it is the key to your breakthrough. Persistent faith, not giving up. Verse 6, then the master said, do you hear? Are you listening? Do you hear what the judge, well, what that judge, corrupt as he is, was saying? So 
what makes you think God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for help? Won't he stick up for them? Here's the answer. I sure I assure you, he will. He will not drag his feet. But how much of that kind of persistent faith will the Son of Man find on the earth when he returns? God is looking for persistent faith. Hallelujah. The cry of faith. Persistent faith. Not to quit. Not to give up. Hallelujah. So no matter how impossible things may seem in your life, Everything in the natural, according to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18, everything in the natural, or verse 16, is subject to change. Everything. Everything in the natural is subject to change. What changes it is your faith. Back to Mark 10. This is the final key to your miracle. It's responsive faith. The word responsive means to act quickly and positively. Verse 49. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they, they call the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calls for thee. Woo! Amen. Can you imagine how excited he got? Because he was already in faith. He was already in a spirit of expectation. Hallelujah. Look at verse 50. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Why is this significant in regards to the miracle that he experienced? The Bible says he cast, casting off his garment. Well, I did a study on, the, on, on that garment. Uh, history teaches that that garment that, that um, Bartimaeus wore was not just any garment. It was called the beggar's coat. And, and this coat, listen, what that coat did is that was a government-issued coat for those who were handicapped and unable to work. And it let the community know that these people, uh, these people needed help, that they were legit, they were legit. Uh, the, by the coat, the government issued coat that told everyone that this is real, that, uh, this is legit for this guy, he really is blind, and he really does need help, that he was a beggar in need of help. We were beggars in need of help, not anymore, we are sons. We are sons and daughters having access to the help of God. Can I have an amen? So that coat was extremely important in regards to his life. So by casting that coat aside, what he was saying, listen, because Jesus saw his faith. What Jesus saw his faith, his faith was in the fact that he cast off that coat saying, I am no longer going to be a beggar begging for food. I'm believing that from this moment forward, my life is going to be changed. Hallelujah. That's what the coat said. <laughs> Casting off that coat. Hallelujah. And you got to remember, they didn't have the welfare system in their day. And so what he was doing, discarding that coat, was surely an act of faith on his part, that it was responsive faith in action. He was going to trust God for a divine intervention in his life, and it came. Verse 50, and he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, what wilt thou that I should do unto you? Now again, just stop and think about this. Do you think Jesus didn't know he was blind? He either had a stick or someone was guiding him. So Jesus wasn't Hoodwinked, he, he knew he was blind. But he asked him the question, what will 
thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight, and he followed Jesus in the way. Is that awesome or what? Come on, give God praise. That was a miracle. A miracle. And when I read that, I thought, what kind of garment are you wearing today that reflects an identity that God has never called you to carry. Stop and think about that. What kind of, what kind of coat are you wearing? I'm serious. I mean, for years, I'll just tell you the story. Years ago, I almost drowned in Cancun. And uh, I was out in the ocean swimming. The current took me way out, and I couldn't get back in. And I didn't know. Nobody told me that you have to swim at an angle, you know. And I thought sing, uh, swimming at an angle, I'd end up in Cuba. So I didn't want to swim at an angle. I, <laughs> So anyway, uh, uh, that, uh, it, was, uh, it was quite supernatural in that uh, I, was, I was saved from that experience. But in that, I got tremendously um, claustrophobic. I mean, like, horrific. And I couldn't sit in the middle in a car. I had to sit by a door. You know, I couldn't put a wristwatch on. I couldn't put a ring on. And uh, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a joke. What you say? I couldn't put a Band-Aid on me, you know, because if I couldn't get it off, it freaked me out. <laughs> and it sounds funny, but it's not funny, because uh, what rushes through your body is an intense amount of, um, what do you call it, I mean? Huh? Anxiety. Anxiety. <laughs> we were in an airplane one night, or one day, and it was a small plane, and I thought, oh, good, I'm getting better I'm getting better with this, you know, and so I forgot my ritual. I had a ritual, and my ritual was get everybody on the plane, and then I'll come in last. That was my ritual. Well, I forgot about my ritual, and I walked in, and I'm walking in, and the plane, I don't know, Matt, you, you know, you, you couldn't stand up, so I was about four inches from the ceiling, and when I walked in, I got right to the center of the plane, and all of a sudden, people are pushing me, and I turned around, and woof. All this anxiety came on me. I freaked. Vicky's sitting there watching this. I'm pushing people out of the way, climbing over the seats to get out of that plane. And I got out. <laughs> the stewardess come to Vicky and she goes, she, she says to Vicky, what, what, what are we supposed to do? Do, do you think he's going to get back on the plane? And Vicky goes, I don't know. All of a sudden, I peek around the corner like this. <laughs> I'm trying. Vicky goes, there he is. <laughs> oh, I'm trying. Oh, I, it was horrible. But listen. That was a long time ago. Andy was 11 years old. Now he's 35, so that was a long time ago. But my point is this. Through the years, it, uh, in fact, I'm so excited because I'm, see, I, I scuba dived and I loved it. But that whole process cheated me from that awesome experience. Praise God. And, uh, but I'm excited because I'm, I'm going scuba diving this year in Jesus' name. Amen. I am. I've conquered I've conquered it. I've conquered it uh, so much. It's just, I mean, way more than 
you can realize. And I'm so excited for it. But here's my, here's my re- uh, reason I brought this up. If you're not careful, you will use your handicap to benefit your life or to get attention or to let people feel sorry for you. And there's the trap. I mean, if, if the sun sets you free, he said you're free indeed. Now, that made, now listen, man, that was true when I was totally freaked out. I remember they remodeled the Roosevelt and made it to what it is today. And they took us downstairs to show us the remodeling. I had to scoot out of there wide open. I couldn't go in an elevator. I mean, just stuff, just horror, horrific stuff. And thank God all that is passed. I'm so glad to be free from that. Amen. I'm just saying, I, don't use whatever you're dealing with as a handicap or an excuse, uh, you know, to, you know to, to continue there. Just Jesus will set you free. Amen. Anyway, I'm closing. It says this, Isaiah 61, this is, this I'm done. I want to pray with you today. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said. Remember, Jesus quoted this in Luke 4. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto me. Say good tidings. Amen. Amen. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, if you're captivated by anything today, Jesus come to liberate your life, to set you free. We've got drug, a- drug addicts in our church, excuse me, former drug addicts in our church that were drug addicts. They could not get free. We've had people set free from all sorts of things, praise God. I mean, Jesus will set you free. Jesus set me free from the drug culture. He set me free from uh, the addiction of smoking. I smoked heavily when I was a young man. And, and I mean, all, I mean the, the, you know, set me free from oppression, set me free from uh, just the, just the, all this junk of life, and I, he wants to set you free. Now, there may be a process of time, but be, let it begin today. I said, let it begin today. It says, he says, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. I love this part. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Why? So that we might be called trees of righteousness, God's planting, the planting of the Lord. Why? That he might be glorified. The Amplified says, it's a garment expressive of praise instead of a heavy burdened and failing spirit. That they may be called, you and I, oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, right standing with God the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. How many want to glorify God in your life? Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 10 o'clock. We also have what we call School of the Bible on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.